Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Monday, January 8th. Congress returns from its three-week congressional recess to some good news this morning. Speaker Mike Johnson and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer have finally reached an agreement on top-line spending numbers. That's the first step, as you know, toward avoiding a shutdown later this month. What's more, bipartisan Senate negotiators appear to have made progress over the break on border talks. These are the conversations that have long stalled the White House's request for $100 billion in national security supplemental funding. The negotiators are even hopeful to release a framework later this week. But don't pop that champagne just yet. Significant hurdles remain that could easily trip up either of these issues. But before I get into those potential problems, a little detail on the deal. This Johnson-Schumer accord largely tracks with the bipartisan debt ceiling deal that Kevin McCarthy struck with the White House earlier this year. Yes, the same deal that the now-ousted speaker reneged on to appease conservatives, which still didn't save his job. The agreement calls for $886 billion in defense spending and nearly $773 billion in non-defense spending. The latter number includes $700 billion in base spending for non-defense issues, but also a $69 billion side deal handshake agreement that was made with negotiators last spring. As for those problems, number one, unhappy conservatives. In a Dear Colleague letter yesterday, Speaker Johnson touted this agreement as a win, calling it the most favorable budget agreement Republicans have achieved in over a decade. The Senate, after all, had been pushing for an additional $14 billion in spending above the bipartisan debt ceiling deal McCarthy struck with the White House earlier this year. Johnson not only blocked that increase, but also secured an additional $16 billion in offsets for discretionary spending for a total of about $30 billion in cuts over what the Senate wanted. The right, however, isn't buying the spin. They're furious that Johnson didn't hold the line on this, quote, side deal McCarthy struck with the White House. And in a tweet, the Freedom Caucus yesterday said that this was a, quote, total failure and did not buy the spin. Complicating matters further, some conservatives are now pushing Johnson to refuse to fund the government until Democrats embrace a crackdown at the border. But unless Johnson actually wants a shutdown, he's unlikely to heed this demand from the right either. Thus far, leaders on both sides of the aisle have agreed that border talks should be haggled out as part of the White House's supplemental request, not as part of appropriations legislation. Changing that venue now would almost certainly infringe on the spirit of the agreement Johnson just carved out with the White House and, yep, lead to a shutdown. We should note here that conservatives were never going to vote for this spending deal anyway, but as always, Johnson is going to have to make sure that he doesn't lose the support of a majority of his majority. Otherwise, he too could find his speakership in jeopardy. Another complicating factor, Johnson under pressure. Yes, Johnson will be able to turn to Democrats to help clear the spending bills, but the ire from conservatives could force the speaker to draw a harder line on other matters to save his skin. For one, a lot of conservatives want Republicans to fight for policy writers as part of these appropriations bills. Should he listen to them and insist on slipping in language on abortion or LGBTQ rights, for example, again, a shutdown showdown would almost certainly become a live issue. Pushback from the right could also harden Johnson's position on border talks. Uh, Notably, the Speaker refused to say on Face the Nation yesterday if he would allow the House to vote on any deal that is struck in the Senate this week. And those close with Johnson have told me that they think he's going to want to make his imprint on whatever border deal the Senate comes up with, which means reopening talks with the White House to push the framework further to the right. Complication number three, the clock and the calendar. 
Yes, lawmakers have their top line numbers, but they only have eight legislative days until the first of two looming government funding deadlines comes due. That means appropriators are going to have to find a way to spend $1.7 trillion in just a matter of days, which for all those who've covered Congress before, you know that's not so easy. Complication number four. Amid these ongoing talks on spending in the border, partisan gamesmanship is going to be a plenty this month. And that's going to potentially complicate relationships that are critical to advancing legislation. On Wednesday, the House Homeland Security Committee is going to be holding its first hearing as part of an effort to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Mayorkas, as you know, is a top negotiator for the Biden administration in border talks. On the same day, the House Oversight Committee will hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress for ignoring a hail subpoena, and that's going to further twist the knife against President Biden, who's notoriously sensitive about matters dealing with his family. And let's not forget about the Biden impeachment effort either. Republicans are hoping to make a decision by the end of January on whether to move forward with articles of impeachment, as if that's really in question. That decision could come just as Johnson is potentially visiting the White House to put the finishing touches on a border deal. That would be awkward, to say the least. And of course, the final complications, the math and the campaign trail. Johnson's slim majority is about to get even slimmer. McCarthy is now gone. George Santos has been ousted. And we got news over the weekend that Majority Leader Steve Scalise will be out until February for treatment in his ongoing battle with blood cancer. And just to turn Johnson's headache into a migraine, the 2024 presidential primaries are going to be heating up. The Iowa caucuses are a week from today, and New Hampshire voters will head to the polls about a week after that. That means House Republicans are about to become every desperate GOP presidential hopeful's favorite punching bag. Look no further than Ron DeSantis, who just a few days ago tweaked House Republicans saying that even though they have the majority, nothing has really changed from Democratic control. Ouch. And for the rest of your schedule today, one big question on the minds of Washington insiders heading into the week, how the hell does the Secretary of Defense end up in the hospital for multiple days and nobody tells the White House? Secretary Lloyd Austin's failure to inform his most senior advisors, congressional leaders, and even the president about his hospitalization last week has triggered a controversy that is definitely going to dominate headlines this week. Joint Chiefs Chair General C.Q. Brown was not informed of Austin's situation until Tuesday, the day after his hospitalization, our colleagues reported yesterday, and even Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks, who assumed some of Austin's duties while he was in the hospital, didn't know about his whereabouts until Thursday, another DOD source told our colleagues. Expect more on the Austin fallout today and this week. The Senate is in at 3 p.m. where they'll take up John Kazin's judicial nomination with the cloture vote at 5.30 p.m. The House is out, but we'll be back shortly tomorrow. And President Biden will travel to Charleston, South Carolina, where he'll deliver remarks at a political event. Later, Biden will travel to Dallas, Texas, where he'll pay respects to the late Congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson at Concord Church. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening.